A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. Oh my god, you want to talk about mantras! It's mantra time! That was from White Chicks, the movie, in a scene where the Wayman Brothers characters are disguised as White Chicks about to have a Yo Mama trash-talking battle with actual White Chicks. Now, whereas they're talking about Yo Mama, we're going to talk about Yo Mantras! Yes, it's mantra time. But before you run away and say, I don't want to talk about no mantras. I don't want to hear about mantras. I don't believe in them. I don't do them. And mantra talk is a bunch of woo-woo poo-poo. If those are the first thoughts that come to mind when you hear the word mantra, I completely get you because I used to feel the same way. As much as I'm in touch with my emotions and as loftily dreamy as I can be, I'm also a member of the club Make It Make Sense. And back then, mantras for me did not make sense until I realized something about them. Mantras are more than meets the mouth, literally. Think about it. When you don't have any conviction behind the words that you say, how powerful are those words to you? That's important to keep in mind because, after all, mantras are supposed to direct intentions for first-person singular, me, myself, and I. But the key is to connect those words with the desired outcome that you actually believe to be possible. If you're saying or thinking whatever mantra that you wish could happen or were true, and it sounds all pretty and positive, but behind that mantra is a knowing, in air quotes, that the mantra's message is false, maybe ridiculous even, and therefore actually impossible, all these words in air quotes, then your mantra is as useless as telling someone that you can't stand, that you love them, over and over. And nobody likes that, nobody wants that, even the mantra gods disapprove. Now you may be thinking, okay Yasmin, I hear you, all of that is good and well, but I'm still not a mantra person because I don't see myself repeating words or thoughts over and over to create any particular reality. And that's completely understandable because it does sound pretty weird to be repeating the same idea over and over and over and thinking that it's going to affect us in any way. Except the average person has between 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And the majority of those thoughts tend to be repetitive. And most of them are carried over from yesterday and the day before and the day before that. So unless you have 50 to 70,000 unique thoughts every single day, you have a lot of repetitive thoughts, ideas, and emotions that align with them, making them believable to you. Essentially, you are doing mantras every single day, whether in your head or out loud. So sorry to say, but you're a mantra person, as am I, whether or not we recognize this and are deliberate about the mantra team that we want to belong to. This kind of makes sense how when something crazy happens in our life that turns it upside down, it seems to be followed by a series of very unfortunate events. Best-selling author Karen Salmonson calls the succession of chaos in one's life the vortex. 
Until I discovered her book decades after my brother's death and my ensuing vortex, I thought it was an experience unique to me, uh, kind of like Job from the Bible. For those who don't know, Job was a character in the Bible that could not get a break in life. He lost all his property, his kids got killed, his health started failing, even though he worshipped God and did all the right things. Maybe you can relate, because I sure could relate, so maybe my situation wasn't as unique as I thought. But anyways, the vortex makes a lot of sense. If something happens that knocks us off our feet, knocks the wind out of us, we are permeated with that trauma. So our emotions are reflecting the trauma that it's experiencing. Our body is absorbing and recording the trauma, and the brain is being given all these messages, logging them and recording scripts accordingly. And all this trauma-based energy is just bing, 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 bouncing back and forth like a pinball and lighting each area as it strikes, triggering it to kick the ball back out. And this can go on for a long time. So from the very first incident, you can set off this whole trauma machinery. And you have this trauma script in the brain, reading off emotions that are in pain, including signals from the body that says pain passed through here or pain is stuck here. And besides recording and reacting, the brain is also trying to create a kind of safety plan. And when in trauma, the brain is obsessed with reviewing the trauma footage over and over. So if you just got hit by a traumatizing event, you're feeling it, you're thinking it, and you're living and reliving it. Even after you pass that incident, you can be stuck in that space because your system just got fried and the programming is off. Instead of a programming that is optimistic, expansive, and carefree, your emotional, physical, and mental faculties have been redirected to hyper-focus on what went wrong how that affected you and or those around you, what you think you could have should have done to prevent it, and the what-ifs of it happening again. So of those 70,000 thoughts you're having each day, unless you're aware, mindful, and deliberate about the thoughts and ideas you allow to inhabit your brain, you're probably living with a lot of squatters from way back that are taking some of the most precious real estate, which includes the control panel and keys to the city. And these squatters are busy, intrusive, very self-entitled with the space that they take up. And they are noisy and pushy, interrupting and knocking over any visitors that have a bright idea. So until you clear these squatters out of your space, you are going to hear their mumbo jumbo. A script made for reactions to a very specific, undesirable scene. Because the whole machinery got jolted, the needle jumped, and the record just kept skipping. Everybody knows what I mean by a record skipping, right? Because I know records are considered old-timey nowadays, but they're making a trendy comeback. In any case, for those of you who aren't aware, back in the day, if you were playing a record and a piece of dust got in the groove of the record where the needle was passing through, sometimes it would make the needle skip, which means it would keep repeating a tiny segment of the song where the needle can't get past to spiral forward. You don't have to worry about the technicalities. The main thing is that the trauma script is like the record skip. It puts the part of the hurdle in your life on repeat. So instead of a record filled with invigorating or soothing or inspiring beats and harmonies, even if some of them are repetitive, imagine listening to the same record of skips all day long and then putting that record on again the next day. 
and the next day, for the next 10, 20, 30 years. If one day of 70,000 thoughts is comparable to a record that you're playing every day, what kind of energy would you have? What kind of mood would you be in if you played a record of scratches and skips? And yes, maybe some different tunes and harmonies in between, but mostly scratches and skips. If you want to feel happy or inspired, motivated, empowered, or even just at peace, would that do it for you? Because for me, that would be irritating. But here's the thing. We're not even playing just scratches and skips. When we're not clearing out the squatters and their scripts, we're replaying narrations of things that were painful to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want an audiobook or real highlights of my life's traumatic events or the hateful things that hurtful people have said to me over and over every day. And I know you don't want that for yourself either, but that's what we do. Not because we want to, but because that's how trauma works. It plays a record of skips of trauma scripts. And when you have something dysregulating your system, it's like an inflammation that makes you so itchy that you feel you have to scratch it. And when you do it repetitively, it becomes automatic. You don't even realize you're doing it. And even when you think that you're not doing it, in some ways it sneaks in. Just a few short years ago, I cut out all the toxic people in my life for the first time in literal decades. And it was glorious. I mean, the severance package was amazeballs. It's like a celebration every single day since. Don't get me wrong, I still can get difficult days, but that's life. And difficult days without toxic people is way better than difficult days with toxic people. I know this can be a hard topic for some. That is, some people have toxic people in their lives that they aren't ready to get rid of yet. Staying with the toxic person in your life may be the hard that you're choosing to deal with right now. But if you're at the place that you're either ready or maybe on the fence about getting out of that toxic relationship, know that for me and everyone that I have ever known who's cut out toxic people and relationships, even if it may be difficult at first because transitions can be difficult, life has gotten a lot better. So a couple years ago, after I made that very clear, dramatic decision, my life became dramatically better than ever, almost instantly. But here's the thing. Although I had already shifted something inside to change the outside circumstances of my life, which then further shifted more inside stuff in a very positive way, I found myself still putting on that dang record. Okay, so not the exact same record, but within the new record that I was playing, that behind the curtain DJ was still sampling some of that not safe for work script. After a couple months of my new life with that flippin' skippin' record sneakily playing in the background, I started noticing old patterns of emotions and thoughts that were negative creeping back in. Then I caught myself going to bed thinking about these toxic people that I just freed myself from and then waking up thinking about these people. But I caught myself I caught myself mid-mantra and was like, what the hairy fork am I doing? It was like I had either residual or a phantom itch left over from that inflammation. And so I'm just scratching myself, which if you do, even without an itch there, is going to cause an irritation. And that can grow into new inflammation. Keep it up and you're going to get a new infection. And this time you didn't even need anyone to stab, punch, or poison you to make you sick. 
and I'm not about that. Never was, and I wasn't about to start then. So I realized my new challenge was controlling my thoughts, specifically the residual ones that are attached to ideas, people, and the type of energy that I made the decision to sever from when I cut out the toxic people in my life, which is a whole endeavor in itself. It's like planting a whole new beautiful garden without addressing the rampant weed and ivy issue. You've got to have a plan and you've got to stay vigilant. I mean, a decades-long daily mantra isn't going to change by itself. So what was my plan? First of all, I knew I had to pay attention. I wouldn't be able to stop anything, intercept anything, change anything if I wasn't paying attention to old habits of thinking. I needed to make sure that I was not automatically clicking on to those sneaky messages sliding into my DMs. That is my directing mindset because responding to such messages could open the doors to very icky scripts. So paying attention and intercepting those outdated, unwanted scripts was the first step. And holy guacamole, even though their influencers were no longer in the forefront, that crazy program was ziggity ziggity the whole time in the background. If I had not made a conscious effort to pay attention to my thoughts by checking in all the time, especially in the beginning, the gift of freeing myself and the progress I'd made would have slipped backwards. Well, more than it did because there was obviously some slippage. But because it was such a hard line that I was making, any such slippage would be under strict scrutiny by my shiny new buff bouncers. Kisses imaginary biceps. Mwah, mwah. Now, the bouncers didn't start off buff, I will have to admit, but they were loyal to me and dedicated to the cause. And the more they practiced looking out for intercepting and booting those wretchedy thoughts to the curb, the stronger they got. Now, I wish I could give you specific instructions on exactly what to do to get rid of negative thoughts. To tell you the truth, I don't know that you can completely get rid of negative thoughts. And I don't think that negative thoughts are in themselves dangerous in isolation. But they often come with friends and connections in low places. So you got to keep an eye on them if they're not just simply passing through. Now, even though I didn't make the big move, that is the big boot to the Felipe's and Felicia's in my life until recent years, because I was always interested in learning and growing, I would pick up tips that would stick with me until I was at a place where I could really use them more mindfully and consistently. Here's one I got from, I think it was Brendan Burchard. So when I started becoming aware that the old record scripts were still playing, even though their composers were no longer in the picture, one of the techniques I used was to simply stop and say, release to that thought that I wanted to let go of. So let's say you're replaying a dialogue that you had with someone who was not the nicest in the court. When you recognize that you're doing that, just say release in your head, release, release, and then shift your attention to another thought. It's kind of like breaking an addiction. They say that you can't really stop being addicted to something. You can just shift your addiction to something else. So if you're going to release this negative thought, you have to replace it with something else and not just leave a void because your brain wants to gnaw on something. So give it something else to nosh on. To prepare for moments like that, what you can do is sit down with a sheet of paper, create two columns by drawing a line down the middle, label one column, not this or less of this, and on the other column, label it this instead or more of this. Now under the not this column, 
If you know them off the top of your head, go ahead and list all the crazy thoughts that you know that you keep thinking throughout the day. List them line by line. After you're done doing that, go over to the this instead column and line by line list what better thought or focus you'll reach for instead. Now, depending on what statements you have in your head, you may need to be a little creative to make the thoughts work for you. Because remember, anytime that you're trying to do something different, you may be met with resistance, whether it's internal or external or both. But mindset matters most. So some key takeaways. You're playing a record of 70,000 thoughts a day. Pay attention to the skips and old trauma scripts. Note the thoughts that do not align with the life you want to have, the person you want to be, and the emotions you want to experience. Assign their better replacements. Get your brain bouncers in place and hand that list over to them, making sure it's very selective about not allowing any troublemakers get through to your DMs, your directing mindset, because that dude is the script master and DJ. He, she, or they are playing the music that becomes your mantra. Whether you want to lead into the life of your dreams or feel into the peace, happiness, and fun that your life already has to offer, but you don't yet, you may need to change your record. For as the ever-wise Cindy Lauper says, Mantra changes everything! And once you get the right ones in, put a needle on the record and pump up the volume. This is DJ Yasmin signing off. Thanks for listening and see you at the next party. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into The Hero Frequency.